All right, guys. So welcome, everybody. So this is the Mark Kumar Show. I have an amazing, amazing, amazing my friend who's going to help you create an awesome backstory. When people listen to that backstory of yours, they will be blown away. So without any further ado, please tell my audience a little bit about yourself. How you doing, Mark? Well, thanks for this opportunity, this uh, unexpected opportunity, but thank you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So where my, my background starts, let's go way back. I'm the youngest of seven kids. All so right. having six older siblings, you, you constantly have to have to fight for attention. You have to fight for recognition. You okay. got to fight just to be who you are because you're always somebody's little brother. <laughs> and and that drove me insane. And we were all athletes, including including my parents. So, you know, we were all pretty good athletes too. So we're very well known in the school system. And and I grew up in a small town here in Rhode Island. So like everyone know, knows each other. But though I was always so and so's little brother. And so I walked around with a little chip on my shoulder. And but that's where where my drive came from and where my just my overall perseverance, because I, I wanted to be called by my name. So that drove everything that I did, the way I trained, the way I worked, just everything. Every aspect of my life was just to get out of the shadow of my siblings. And so we fast forward to today, because people who know me, they know how competitive I am. It's like, you can hold up a basketball right now. I'll be like, give me your address. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just always, always ready to go. And so... But it definitely it stemmed from that. I have a great relationship with my with with my siblings, so it's not like there's any animosity there. But whenever people ask me where my drive comes from, it comes from there. And so, in regards to storytelling, I tell people you got to look several layers deep. You know, it's people always want to give the quick, easy, clean answers of the story, right. but you got to get down down low. You know, we talk about like the seven dead, dead uh, seven deadly sins. For a minute there, I was stuck on envy, you know, with, with my siblings. Because so, like I wanted what they had, you know, right. but I just went about it in a healthy route though. <laughs> All right, cool. So tell me if someone were to come to you and ask you, how do I create my backstory? What is the first thing you ask? that person or tell that person the first thing i tell that person is it's not about you that's where people get it wrong right you're okay. not telling your story for you you're telling okay. your story for them see so that's that's the difference so because there's a difference between being a speaker and being a storyteller Right. So a speaker, it could be someone that gets up in front of people, they have a PowerPoint presentation and they articulate the points on the on the PowerPoint. That person would be considered a good speaker. A storyteller transforms people. So there's, there's a difference. So rather than taking what happened to me and telling you what happened to me, I articulate the lessons in what happened to me so that you can get through what you're struggling with. See, so there's a big difference. So, for example, I donated a kidney to my sister in 2011. And so I, I have several ways I can tell that story. I can say, hey, you know, I donated a kidney to my sister in 2011. See how your, your reaction, you were like, wow. 
you know, but, right. but that, that's it. That's just like, wow, you know, good job. But, but, <laughs> but when you yeah, like yes, stand job. on it, right? When you stand right. on it, I'll be like, Mark, Christmas, Christmas day, 2009. Think about what you were doing that day. You know, where you may be surrounded by family, where your kids or your nieces and nephews playing with their toys, guys getting ready to, ready to have dinner. You can smell those Christmas cookies baking in the oven. Well, that was me too until my phone rang and I see it's my sister. And I got excited. Maybe she's calling to talk to the kids. I get to talk to my nieces and nephews. But when I grab that phone, she's got a different tone in her voice. She sounded sad and almost trembling like she had been crying. And it's like, sis, what's going on? And she's struggling to get the words out. And she says, I went to the emergency room because I had pain in my leg. I was like, okay, what's going on with, with your leg? She's like, well, they took blood work and they took a urine sample and my kidneys are at 15% capacity. I was like, oh, I was like, I did not see that coming. You know, and, and the kids are like, daddy, daddy, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? I'm like, guys, wait, hold on, hold on a second. And they could tell in a look on my face that something serious was happening on the phone. So in the blink of an eye, that Christmas moment, just kind of took took a turn, you know. So let me stop there because I can do a one hour keynote on this on this one instance. But sure. just just see the difference in the way even you the way you were you were receiving that, you know. So it's like I took you and I placed you into my story. Right. It's like, it's like you made me visualize what you were going through. Exactly. Exactly. See. So so when you're telling your backstory, I'm telling it for you. It's kind of right. like a movie. Like when you go see a movie, they want you sucked in right from the get-go. Then as the plot thickens, they want you on the edge of your seat. They want you trying right. to anticipate what's coming next. You know, what's going to be the big climax at the, at the end, you know? And so your story has that same capability. So if I take someone who's maybe on the fence about right. donating donating an organ, that's where my story can, can come into play. So it's not about me telling it for me. It's about letting them know what I went through, how well my sister has been doing since, how quickly I was able to heal up. And, and you know, so it's not just me regurgitating in information to someone else. Right. So I'm putting them into my story so I can help them move themselves forward. So that's a great way to look at it. I am systems kind of guy. I'm like, break it down to me system, like step one, step two, step three. So yeah. that way, anyone else who wants to create an amazing backstory like you just did, yeah. what would they do? So let's say I'm just going to like, I might process what I tell other people. Like, if you want to start yourself your online digital empire, the number one thing you got to do is pass the midnight test. And the midnight test, those of you already have heard this million times, you're like, okay, <laughs> I know what it is. Basically what it is, is like, if you think you know your skill so well, and I'll wake you up in the middle of the night and ask you a very specific question, and you can answer within 20 to 30 seconds, you pass the midnight test, you can start monetize on the skills that you have. So Clearly, you passed the midnight test. If I put you through it, I know you're going to uh, pass it with a flying card. So let's say we'll pick two different uh, categories. So one will be a baker. Another one will be a photographer. So you could pick one of them to start with. And if we were to create a backstory for that person, how will we go about step by step? 
So what you the, the first thing you would do, say when you tell a story, you want to p- take sure. people through a whirlwind of emotions. Right. Okay. So like you don't want it to be all sad, all happy, all angry. You know, it's like you want you want to take people through all five senses if you can, depending on the amount of time you have to speak. So I tell people the quickest way, because in my program, I help people create their first story for free in 15 minutes or less. And okay. so let's say it takes three things. So if it would take, if we're talking about, about the baker, three things that you love about baking, three okay. things that challenge you about baking, okay. and three things you want to do in the future regarding baking. Okay. So, so now you have nine different things and you right. bounce between the two of them. So, so you start with, I remember cooking with my grandmother and she taught me how to make banana bread, right? And then, then you just get into that. And then, then you get into a challenge. And then one day our oven broke when we were in the middle of a big project and we had to run over to the neighbor's house and use theirs. And grandma never got mad. She never got upset. She just let her, her passion for, for baking shine. And so we were able to get, to get that done. And then, you know, this one day, you know, something happened and we burned the bread, <laughs> you know, you know, so, you know, so, so it's like, you just, you just bounce through the different sub stories to okay. get to, to get to the big story, you know, just okay. like how I was talking with my sister, I painted that Christmas picture first, you right. know, and, and like, I, I created a happy picture Then I talked about the tone of my sister's voice. Now it's like that shock factor, like what's going on? You know, like, cause had I not mentioned ahead of time that I donated the kidney, you'd have been like, where is this going? <laughs> you right, know? Exactly. You know, it's like, it's like, why, why, why is she sad? You know, why are the kids picking up senses? You know, so, so then we find out that the kidneys are failing. So, so you take that central theme, like my, my podcast, the, the central theme is overcoming obstacles. So as I'm going through the person's backstory, I'm looking for all the vulnerable stuff that they could okay. have gone through. And then we piece it all together to where, where they had to pivot to where to do and what they're doing now. So they don't have to deal with those struggles again. Okay. So that would be the baker stuff. I guess if I were to take what you just said and create a photographer story. So my step one would be like, what is the what? Again, that, that, would, be, that would be the three things you love about photography. The, so, okay. so, the, the three so, challenges. Right. Right. And then where you want to take it. Like okay. th- th- that, this formula works for any industry, no matter what you plug in there. Okay. You know, like you want to talk about, about the, the why, like that, the why, the, how did you get started? It's like, there, there was something that happened that made you pick up a camera and right. run with that. So you want to talk about those things that got you started. Then, then you want to talk about a roadblock. You know, so it could have been, could have been doubt, could have been, you didn't know how to market yourself. It could have been your parents telling you there's no money in photography, you know, just could have been something, but you stayed true to your vision and then you were able to take it to that next level. So that, that's how you hit all three of those sections. I see. I see. I get it now. All right. So tell me, you got that system. How did you develop it? (laughs) What inspired you? I got I got professionally trained, so I, I never had a problem with public speaking. So okay. I, I actually got trained twice. On the first time, this was in 2007, it was more so I got trained in presenting. So I was I got picked, there was 25 of us picked out of 2,500 employees 
to to teach this guest service guest services for a casino I worked at here in in Rhode Island. And so they took us through how to give this presentation. And so I I wanted to get more into the motivational speaking and and I would listen to some other speakers and I was like I can I can do that but they're just a, a little deeper than what I am. And so I invested into Eric Thomas's program. I spent $3,000 for a weekend boot camp, but it was worth every penny because it completely transformed the way I speak. So I go down there, there were 41 other people there. And I was like, I'm gonna outshine all of them. Every single one of them, because that, that's just how I'm wired. Like I'm, I'm competitive. Right. And so day one, Eric Thomas wasn't there. So I was hoping I didn't get picked until day two because I, want, I wanted to speak in front of him. Right. And so luckily it worked out. So he was there on the second day. I got to speak and I got up there and I did my thing. You know, I had the pitch. I had the tone. I, I had the humor in there. I had the sad parts in there. I had the indifferent parts in there. Like we only, only gave us 10 minutes. So I tried to stuff in as much as I possibly could. And so I felt really good about my performance. So I fly back to Boston and I'm driving back down here to Rhode Island. My phone rings and it's Eric Thomas's CEO, CJ. So he calls me, he's like, Rob, he's like, I just wanted to thank you for coming out to Atlanta and joining the group. He's like, I got to tell you, he said, you are far and away the most polished speaker here. And I was like, go ahead. I was like, go ahead, right? I was feeling myself, right? I was like, you know, the CEO called me to tell me how good I am. And so, but then there was that awkward pause. And you know, nothing good comes after the pause. <laughs> so he says, but you're my most frustrating type of student. And I said, okay, I'm, I'm listening. Like, I'll, I'll be the sponge. I'm listening. And he says, your story was so polished. He's like, I can tell you told that story hundreds and hundreds of times. He's like, it was so polished, but there was no emotion in it. He said, you didn't transform anyone. He said, you engaged them. He's like, they, he's like, they were definitely dialed in to you, but you didn't move anyone. He's like an Adam, uh, I think it was Alex, like an Alex, who was probably the worst speaker here, had everyone in tears because he brought the emotion to his story. He's like, he, he, he said he didn't articulate it well. <laughs> he's, he's like, but he had the emotion in it. And so, and he, he brought up a part where my now ex, she was pregnant with twins and I got fired from my management job. And then that's what pushed me to move into fitness full, full time. He, he says, and you brought that up. He said, and you just glossed over it. He, he, he's like, that's a major moment. He's like, like, you got twins on the way in six weeks. You just lost the primary source of income in the house. He's like, what, what were your thoughts when your boss handed you your final check? He's like, what was going through your mind as you were dialing the phone to call, to call your wife? He's like, what was her tone on the phone when you when you gave her the news? He's like, when you drove home, what did it feel like when you pulled into the driveway? He's like, were your heart racing? Were you nervous? Were your palms clammy? He's like, what was that initial eye contact like? And I was like, wow. I was like, I, I never thought about it that deeply. He's like, if you wanna, if you wanna command twenty thousand dollars for a keynote speech, he's like, you need to transform people. And so he's like, so you got to learn how to tell your story. He said, don't say your story. And that, that hit me like a ton of bricks because I've been saying my story. Right. So, that, so that's where I learned it because I got schooled 
you know, the hard way. And so then I just created my my own course to where I can teach people in my way. Okay. I'm just blown away. Like, I know I get it that you were school and you thought you did really good. Like, I'm great. <laughs> and this is awesome. It's going like, to praise me and everything. And then, but next thing you know, is that like, boom, mm. you got school. But honestly, that moment, that, that five minute phone call is why I paid the $3,000 for that okay. five minutes of feedback because it changed everything. And I'm so glad you said that because, you know, a lot of people who take or thinking about taking online courses and everything else. And some of people are on the fence, like, should I take it or should I not take it? Should I just go to YouTube and do this stuff, whatever? I have my own feelings on it, but I want you to share your thoughts and feelings about it. Like, why should anyone invest any kind of money or more importantly, their time in taking a structured course as compared to just going to YouTube or whatever and spend like two, three months just to understand and still be confused. <laughs> well, they always say, don't be the smartest person in, in the room. Like I told you, I, I didn't have a problem with public speaking, but I still took that because I was like, but there's people that's better at it than I am. It's like, maybe there's something that I'm missing. I told you, and I went down there very confidently, very, very confidently, but that's where, where I got the whole, it's not about you. He's like, you're, the goal for you telling your story is to transform someone else, right? He's like, because there's someone out there who's hanging on by a thread that needs to hear your story like only you can tell it. Right. And, and that's so, so true, you know? So to, to directly answer your question, too many times people are worried about themselves. You know, what if people don't resonate with my story? What if I trip up on stage or, or on the live cast? You know, what if I freeze? What if I say the wrong thing? You know, it's like you're only worried about you. My thing is if I get up here and I stutter five times and I say and a hundred times, but I stop someone from committing suicide, then it's worth it. You know, it's worth it. And I, I, I shared that because I had a woman on my show who shared her story. She was battling with systemic lupus. And I guess it was, it was taking its toll on her physically. And her, her doctor pretty much told her that they're at their end of care. Like there's nothing else they can really do to ease her pain. So she ended up turning to nutrition, started juicing and started cleaning up her, her nutrition, started eating more nutrient dense foods and the symptoms started to lessen. And so she started putting her story out there and a local, I think she's in Ohio, Ohio, in Indiana, one of those Midwestern states, but a local news station reached out to her to, to feature on, on her show. And she did, she shared her story. And a couple of days later, someone tracked her down on social media and said that she was on the verge of taking her life because she was dealing with systemic lupus and she, like the pain was too great until she heard Cassandra's story on the news and, and it saved her life, you know? So, you know, we, it, hap we, it happens yeah, all the time. Yes. Be like we, we hear that all the time, but so many people, they take it for granted. They're like, Oh, nobody wants to hear my story. It's like someone is waiting to hear your story. Like the yep. only way that you can tell it. So once you flip it and you make it about, all right, who can I help with this? that's that's when you'll be willing to get vulnerable it's like who can i help it's easy to stand up here and tell all the great things i've done 
you know, like any anyone can do that. But right. when, when, when you get down to the nitty gritty where I basically had to neglect my kids for like six months to get my my fitness gym off the ground because I was doing everything. I would come home. I, I'd hug them. I'm like, guys, I'm sorry, but this is all for a reason. And I'll say, if I go, if I go back to the restaurants, I'm, I'm going to be working nights. I'm going to be working weekends. I'm going to be working on holidays. Uh, I'm not guaranteed vacation. I'm not guaranteed to, to not be called in on my days off. I'm like, if I stay in that lane, all of this is going to stay the same. I'm like, but if I bust my tail for six months, I'll never miss another after school thing again. Yep. It's so, so, so true. Because I could totally relate to that and a lot of people who are listening to get relate to it. Because especially the ones who have achieved their first goal as compared to somebody who's in the process of achieving it. Because they're like, oh, my God, I can't do it. They have so many different excuses. They have so many different stories in a yeah. negative way, I guess you could call it. <laughs> I don't want to do it because I have an X, Y, and Z reason. But if you just stay focused for, let's say, two, three months and then – once you are done with achieving your goal, then you look back, like you will start to realize how far you have come. Yes. Number one. Number two, how many different people you have helped. At the end of the day, when you take yourself out of the equation, it's no longer about you. Yes. It's the people who you help. That's when you're going to start to transform, not yourself. And you're gonna, the way you start thinking is going to be revolutionized you're like holy cow and then you're going to get up in the middle of the night fired up like i have to do this i just <laughs> yes. have to do this exactly see i had another gentleman leonard on my show he had he had a, a tumor removed from his from his cheek I guess I guess he said that it was like a little bit bigger than a golf ball size Ooh. out of his cheek and so as we got into that part of his backstory I had said to him, I was like, have, have you ever really told that story? And he's like, he's like, nah, nah. I'm like, but why? I was like, there's so much power in there. So once we finished the episode, because like I wanted him to get all of his stuff. So once we went off the air, I was like, dude, I was like, in five minutes, I like while you were talking, I crafted your story for you. <laughs> you know, I, was like, I said, think about it. You found out you had the tumor. Like, like before you even knew it was a tumor, what did you think it was? It's like, were you afraid? What were your, what were your, your initial thoughts? You know, so right. then you go to the doctor. How nervous were you when they were doing the testing and everything else? And then you get the results. You find out it's a tumor. Like, did you think it was can cancerous? It's like, you no, know, what went through your mind? Like, like iron it all out. And then so once you found out you had to have surgery, were you nervous about the surgery? Were you afraid of the, of the anesthesia? How long was your recovery? What were you going to have to miss work-wise? What were your family's thoughts? <laughs> and he, he just like, whoa. I said, yeah, man. I said, these stories go deep. They go deep, deep, deep. It's not just, yeah, I had a tumor removed and now I have a scar. No, man, you went through an entire process. You went through a whole journey. I was like, and you got through it. You know, I said, use that as power. You know, it's like, don't use it as a crutch, use it as power. You know, like, I can't tell you how many times I tell the story of my, my knee surgery where I got told I would never run or jump again, you know? And oh. this coming Saturday, I'm going to run race number 138. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like number 138. And so that's like the essence of the name of the show is shut up and grind. You know, it's like, I'm not going to let someone, just because they have a PhD, try to put their experience on my will. 
You know, like there's nothing you learned in those textbooks that give you the authority over my determination to come back from this. You know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the power in that story is not the fact that I had a devastating knee injury. It's the fact that I didn't let it define me. Or more importantly, I didn't let someone else tell me what my outcome was going to be. That is definitely the way to look at it because once you have that fire and that uh, resilience, no one is ever going to be able to stop you. Exactly. It's just that it's so, so damn hard. You and I both know to yeah. get to the damn point. You gotta grind. <laughs> you gotta grind, and it goes to your show. You know, shut up and yes. just grind. You just gotta keep grinding. And speaking of grinding. How can people find out about your show? What obviously it's called Shut Up and Grind is a podcast, YouTube channel, what? Well, tell me how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, it's all over the place. So when I stream it, I stream it live on my Facebook page. You can find me, okay. Robert, Robert B. Foster. Live on my personal Facebook page, on my business Facebook page, it's on YouTube as well, and then on all of the, the major podcast platforms. Awesome. And is there a website where people can go to get in touch with you if they want more information, want to learn how they can create their own powerful story? Yeah. Yeah. As I stated earlier, I help people create their first core story, 15 minute phone call. There's no hard sales afterwards. We just create your story. If you like what you heard and you want more info, you can ask me. I won't push you for it, but it's robertbfoster.com. Just click, click the link, pick a time, time to talk. And I'll help you package that that story, especially if you have something that maybe you're still hurting from. Maybe it was a bad divorce or a bad breakup. Maybe you went through some some type of trauma or dealing with the loss of a loved one. I can help you find the power in every single one of those experiences because it's in there. Because like I said, with, with my knee, it's not the fact that my knee broke. It's how did I come back from it? So it's not about losing someone you love. Right? I just lost my father less than less than two two years ago but i still tell all the positives of watching him get can uh stage four heart failure and just watching the deterioration up until us ending care and watching him take his last breath there's power in all of that where i can let my own personal emotions get take taken away but then that doesn't help me help somebody else get through their grief. So that's the power in your story. So again, it's robertbfoster.com. All right, guys, go check it out. And obviously leave that all those information in the description for you. Make it easier. And before we go away, I just want to ask you one simple question. How many stories can an individual have? You'll be surprised. It, every experience in your life, every single one, there's some bit of positive that that can be taken from it. Everything. It, it so can what, be, what, what? Go ahead. I was saying it could be from your first little league game, if you can remember back that far. I have okay. a key. I have a keynote presentation called "Becoming Who You Are Meant to Be." My opening story is about an apple bob contest that I did in the second grade. <laughs> right. So, okay. so but, but, but I know in this COVID era, we would never do an Apple Bob condoms. We got apples floating in water and you got to right. go down with, with your face, grab the apple and bring it up. There was an exchange right. between one of my friends and I. And, you know, it, so it was just like a whole competition thing where he was trying to put trying to put me down. I didn't let him, but I took an Apple Bob contest and used that to open up my keynote. 
You know, because again, it's about stroking the emotions. Like I make people laugh at first, but then I tie in the lesson from that. Then it's like, ah, you know, Makes and sense. then I get into the rest of the story. So no matter how little you think your story is, it's way more powerful than you think it is. All right. All right. Thank you so much for being here, Robert. I appreciate it. And everybody go check out Tan, check out his links and follow his podcast. And definitely. And as always, as always, thank you for listening to Mark Kumar podcast show. If you are interested in getting your free digital download, a gift from me to you, just go to markkumar.com forward slash gift. And thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. And I'll talk to you guys next time.